Hi everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are. Welcome once again to our weekly podcast for the Christian Professionals Network. My name is Chimokwala or Hadassah and um, of course the platform is called Hadassah's Musing. So I basically just share the different um, inspiration messages and perspectives that the Holy Spirit brings to me and um, lately as it relates to christian professionals and today i'm going to be sharing something that i tied to ill-witted company um i know the bible says in proverbs that he that walks with the wise shall be wise but a company of fools will be destroyed i know it's also in proverbs it says that in the multitude of counsel there is safety and um i've just come to realize that um no matter how much you try to or you intend to, let me put it that way, you intend to do well as a professional in the workplace, more especially as a Christian professional, you are your level of um, exposure and success can also be impacted very significantly by the kind of um, people you have around you, colleagues you have as friends, colleagues you listen to, your peers, basically the people that you keep in your professional company. It's very, very crucial and critical that you avoid dim-witted or ill-witted people i'm using the word ill-witted because at times this especially referring to the story that we're going to be dwelling on today or talking about today i've come to realize that um when bible says in jeremiah that the heart of man is desperately wicked it's in jeremiah proverbs it's basically saying in the bible that the heart of man is desperately wicked who can understand it it's um it's a truth because you can be in the company of people that you think or assume that their intentions or perceptions about you is honest genuine true and you might just be surprised for god to say who can understand the heart of man and how wicked it can be is it not your own role to think that you want to start to to decipher and then to to decide who is who you can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit because at times people can come across as genuine in interest in you. However, they have ill-witted or wicked intentions towards you. And I'm going to read a very popular slash unpopular story today. And it's the story of Haman in the Bible. We all know, so Esther became queen, Mordecai was like her mentor slash counselor even though he was not occupying a very high role in the system in the organization he was like an um, executive intern <laughs> counselor to the director of the company and um Heyman, for no reason who was like a senior management person just hated hated Mordecai because Mordecai was not playing subservience he was not a sickle fan he was not kowtowing to Heyman like everybody else so Heyman apparently had haughtiness and pride issues he 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 basically wanted to be worshipped as god that you know this kind of um those kind of orgas that you know those kind of orgas that when when people um come into the workplace they basically want to be worshipped they want as they're coming everybody just greeted them and bow you can't even stand straight to talk to them you want you to be bowing to be talking to them so that was the kind of person he man was and uh, mordecai wouldn't do that because i will respect you but i will not worship you that's what I do as a Christian. I respect people, but I don't worship people because the only one I worship and bounty is God. He man had issues with that. But, you know, even if your behavior is bad, hmm, if you have colleagues and peers in the office or your workplace or your industry, because now there's remote working, if you have 
colleagues basically your professional acquaintances around you that can actually give you honest truth that give you honest feedback you know we always talk about 360 review and feedback in the office if you have people that around that genuinely tell you the truth it might just save you from some kind of destruction but if your behavior is bad and then you don't surround yourself with dim-witted or ill-witted people you are literally that's why bible says that he that walks with the wise shall be wise like if you have one wise friend the person will help you but now it's a company of fools as in it's better to have one wise friend, somebody that has sense, one colleague that has sense that's telling you the honest truth, unfiltered, unadulterated and unbiased truth that will help you than to have a company of, you have 15 people in your team and nobody's telling you the truth or 15 pairs and everybody, all of them are company of fools. It's a company of fools shall be destroyed. There's only one path. Let's read the story of Haman. So basically, Haman had issues with the fact that he was not, Mordecai was not buying to him. Every time he walked past and everybody was buying and Mordecai wouldn't, his body, his whole, he was just burning with rage. And eventually, when his, his downfall had started, he thought it was elevation. Speaking of Haman. So I read Esther chapter 5. And I found, found this very curious when the Holy Spirit showed me this scripture in a different context during earlier in the week when I was studying. Esther chapter 5 verse 9. Haman went out that day happy and in high spirits. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence, he was filled with rage against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. As he got home, see what he did. This was when Esther had invited him for the banquet and he was feeling cool and fly like, hey, I'm the only one of the king's executives that was invited for this dinner, for this retreat. I'm the only director that was invited. So I'm the favored director. He did not know that. <laughs> it was, it was the, 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 the cow being led to slaughter. So, see what he did though. Verse 10 continues. He says, calling together his friends, and Zeresh, his wife, Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth. As in, can you imagine how, how badly behaved this guy must have been? As in, have you ever seen that kind of thing? Somebody will just call all his friends. You call everybody in your life, your friends and your wife. You see, you see why it's good to even marry well? As in, he called everybody, all his colleagues. Imagine, literally, he called his whole team. He called everybody and started boasting. I have delivered this, I've delivered that, and everybody would be, not one person could tell him, okay, you sound too hot, you sound too prideful, calm down, you are swelling too much, you will soon burst. Nobody told him, he said he was boasting about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him, and how he had elevated him above all the other nobles and officials. He said, and that's not all, Haman added. He said, I'm the only person Queen Esther invited to accompany the king to the banquet she gave. And she has invited me along with the king tomorrow. See what he said in verse 13. He was not just prideful, he was wicked. And none of his friends or even his wife, unfortunately, his companion, his closest companions in the office could not even tell him. He says, but all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew, Mordecai, sitting at the king's gate. As in, I've gotten so many bonuses, I've gotten promotions and everything, but I'm not happy if this boy still has a job in this company. If he has not been fired, I'm not happy. And he said, this Jew, his wife, Zeresh, all of them 
ill-witted company. Verse 14. His wife Zeresh and all his friends said to him, Have a pole set up, reaching to a height of 50 cubits, that's about 75 feet high, and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled, that's to be hung on it, then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself. See bad advice. This suggestion delighted him and, and he actually had the pole set up. You see why I said these people are irritated company? Here, when the man was talking here, that, ah, Esther invited only me to the banquet with the king. I'm the only one that's going for this retreat abroad. In Europe, I'm the only person in Nigeria that, that's going to see you. I'm the favorite team. You know, he was going there to get sat. He said, but this boy, the fact that he still has a job in this company, I'm not happy. All his colleagues, his peers, even his best in the office, his companion, told him, no, he's, even his number two, because his wife is like his number two in the office now. His right-hand person in the office said, have a pole set up, oh, mm-mm, mm-mm. just set it up, write his letter down. Mm-hmm. So set up a pole 75 feet high. As in, even if you want to kill somebody, why do you have to set up a pole that is 50 cubits, that's 75 feet high? Why do you have to make it that high? That means it's for public disgrace. Let everybody see. Not just fire him, fire him publicly in front of the whole organization. So don't just fire him, embarrass him while you're doing it. That's the advice. This ill-witted company, the people surrounding him, and oh, it's oh, not exempt. That means he never have one. No one Bible says that the company of fools will be destroyed. If there was even one wise person there, I told him that come. First of all, you're very prideful. Why did you gather all of us to be boasting? Why are you behaving like this? Your character is bad. You're such a horrible life manager. You're so full of yourself. You're full of it. Stop it. And then what did this Mordecai do to you? None of them asked him here. This Mordecai that you want to hang, that he said you're not happy. What did he do to you? Why do you want to? Why do you want to sack this guy? Why? He's not even suspend or query. Let's even say he did something wrong. Has he gone through disciplinary committee? What does the policy say? Have you queried him? Have you rebuked him? Have you given him um, a warning letter? You don't just want to sack him. You want to sack him publicly. Not one person questioned. He just said, I'm not happy seeing this boy having a job and thriving in this office. And all his ill-witted companies, his, all, Bible says all his friends, not one, all, and his wife, his number two in the office, said, don't just sack him, sack him publicly. He says, set the pole 75 cubits high. Not even just kill him. Why do you have to make a pole so high? Why? Why? Why evils? And they heard it here when he said, is that Jew? And they say, yes. So your mind will come down, Abi. You want to be happy. Fire him publicly in the presence of the entire organization. Don't just fire him. Make it a public disgrace. Then your mind will be calmed down. That is what this ill-witted company advised him. Esther chapter 5. Let's move to Esther chapter 6. You see why I call them ill-witted company. Wicked people. Esther chapter 6. When, um, so in chapter 6, after he had planned all this thing and he was happy, he had set up the poll immediately. He had arranged the email that they were going to use to fire Mordecai publicly. So he was going to the king to go and tell the king in 6 verse 1. But you no know, God being God, he will always fight for his for Christian professionals as long as you serve him faithfully and you follow him. He, he will always fight for you. It's about who you are really, not really just about what you do. It's first about who you are to him. And I don't even want to go into that, but we'll probably talk about it next next week, probably. The Mordecai bit of the story and how Mordecai was favored from just sitting at the gate to now being second in command. And that's how... Um, Himano, that's how he basically just decided that um, let him go and tell the king, okay, he has set it up, he wants to fire him publicly. Let me go and get approval from the MDU since I have authority. That's what he was going to do. But God being God was already fighting for him and sent um, the king 
sleepless nights. He could not sleep. And suddenly he just said, go and bring all the performance reviews we've done in this company in the last six years. Let's just open it. Ah, uh, this Mordecai was a high performer. He performed excellently. He was outstanding. Did he get any reward? Was there any bonus given to him? He said, no. Ah, ah. How did somebody perform this well and he saved the company about $20 million? What? As usual, I'm telling the story juxtaposing to today's reality. What in the Bible was that Mordecai saved the king from being assassinated by two of the king's guard because of where he was. He had his ears to the ground. He had good connection and relationships in the office and he knew when they were planning a coup to kill the king and he basically saved the king by his the good relationships he had established. And the king, summer, what are the odds? At first, God took sleep from the king's eyes and then they now brought the appraisal book and what are the odds? The fact that there's a book of remembrance, that means that there are plenty of people now. It must be a big book. You know, if you know what kingdom used to be like back then. What are the odds that is Mordecai's page that opened? First of all, he could not sleep. And then he brought the book and the first thing he saw, whether it's the first or the last, but basically where he rested, his eyes was Mordecai's own. He was like, ah, who is this guy that performed so excellently and saved us this kind of money and saved this business from crumbling? And nothing, ah, ah. Nothing was done for him. And that was the exact time him and was walking in to come and ask them to to collect permission to fire Mordecai publicly. And the king just said, Ah, they said nothing was done. He said, Who is there? Who is there? Which of my directors said, Hey man, ah, call him, call him. Please, how can I reward somebody that um performed so much so excellently? I got 150% over hundred. And apparently the person was not rewarded. Heyman thought it was him because you know, in his haughtiness, that no his ill-witted company did not advise him. They told him, ah. So he just assumed, who else can the king possibly want to promote in this organization? I mean, I'm the second in command. If there's anybody that is a top performer, it's me and it's I and I alone. <laughs> and he thought he was referring to himself and everything he wanted, every good thing he wanted for himself, that was what he recommended. And the king said, great, you can do it for Mordecai. Imagine for the person who was coming to collect permission to fire publicly and disgrace publicly, he left the room with instruction not just to promote and reward, but to commend him publicly. So, Sackletter turned to public commendation and reward, and it was him, and he did not send this delegate. King said, you yourself go and do it for him. Like I said, I'll speak to the Mordecai. I, I might probably speak to Mordecai a bit next week, in next week's podcasts, on how God can turn things around for you in the workplace as a Christian professional. So, him and I just done this, and of course, he was seething with rage, as in his pride had not just been deflated, it had been hurt deeply. How are you going in to go and receive permission to fire somebody, to impale somebody, to hang somebody, and you leave with instruction to honor publicly in the, across the whole kingdom the same person that you were just going to receive permission? That's how we came back home. So I'll read verse 12. Verse 12. Yeah, of 6. So Haman had to do it and all that. It says, Afterward, Mordecai returned to the king's gates, but Haman rushed home. So Haman had done the honor and everything that the king said. And then Mordecai returned back to his job, continued to do his job. And Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief, like he was so pissed. And he told Zeresh, his wife, and this same ill-witted company, all his friends, he called all those his colleagues, those his ill advisors in the office. He called all of them and told them what happened. Look at what they said. This is a part that shook me. Ah, people are wicked, child. Says his advisors and his wife, all of them said to him, Since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin. He says you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. As in, one chapter before, they were the ones that advised him, hang 
set up a post 75 feet high, 50 cubit high, and hang him so your mind will come down. And they knew he was a Jew. Let me read it again for you people. Esther 6, verse 13, uh, 5.13. Haman said, but all this gives me no satisfaction. As long as I see that Jew, Mordecai, sitting at the gate. So they knew. Ill-witted company. They knew he was a Jew. And they knew that, hey man, if you go into this fight, you're going to die. You will not win because God fights for his own. And they advised him, gave him wrong advice to set up something. So literally, they knew that it was him and that was going to be impaled on that. It's not like he missed the line that is a Jew I'm hating on. Is a Christian. No. They heard it and they gave him wrong advice. When they now saw that, his downfall has started. The same people that said in Esther chapter 6, in chapter 5, that hang him, set up this thing and hang Mordecai. They now said here. The same people, they said, ah, he said falling before this guy. Kai, your own is over. It's not going to end until your blood's going to dry. Literally. The same people. So that means, what I just realized is, they actually told him to set up that pole because they wanted to disgrace him, not Mordecai. They knew this truth, but they withheld it from him. They gave him ill advice. Set the pole high. Disgrace him publicly. Fire him publicly. But they knew that actually Haman was setting his own grave. They knew. Because when the trouble now started, when they saw that his plans are set going south, that's when they now told him the truth. See, it's now. Next chapter 6, verse, verse, verse 13. And he told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends, the same ill-witted company, his advisors and his wife, all of them said to him, since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, say you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to him. Why didn't they tell him this when he told them the first time? That, ah, I'm not happy seeing this boy at the gate. Why didn't they just tell him, first of all, you're too proud. This boy did not do anything to you. Why do you want to kill him? Two, this boy is of Jewish origin. They don't need to offend these people. If you touch him, your career is over. Leave him alone. One, he did not offend you. Two, they don't touch these people. But no. Instead, they told him, go and kill him. Go and fire him. Go and fire him. And then, when his downfall started, they said, ah, yes, that is this boy you went to, you wanted to sack. Ah, it's not going to end until you have no money in your account. You'll not just be fired, you'll be publicly disgraced. This is why I call them ill company. They gave him bad advice that came back to backfire on him. So literally, I feel that they told him and to make that, um, the gallo so high. Because they had in mind that it's Haman that would be publicly disgraced on that. Because they already knew that Mordecai was of Jewish origin. That he, whatever Haman is planning will not succeed. May God deliver us from ill-witted people that have evil and ulterior motives and intentions to hurt your career and you think they're giving you good advice. May God give you the spirit of discernment as a Christian professional in the workplace to discern and filter out the way God sees hearts beyond actions. Because the heart of men can be desperately wicked. You can be doing well in the office, thriving. And then you think a colleague is, is on your side. You mention, ah, they are considering me for this promotion and all that. They're not going to tell you to go ahead, get ahead of yourself. Oh, no, no, don't tell your line manager for what. I want them to sit on it. Go to your LM plus one. Go to your line manager plus one. Go and do this one. Go and do this one. Tell me, it's not starts backfinding. You're like, ah, but why would you do that? Something so stupid. Don't you understand that there's hierarchy in this organization? Why would you go over your line manager's head? And they're the ones that gave you the advice. So, ah, see, now you have lost the job. Yeah, sorry. For them to get it because if Haman dies, somebody has to replace him. So I pray that God will give you, as a Christian professional, the spirit of discernment to one avoid ill-witted company and to make sure that you're not surrounded by dim-witted people that are only plotting your destruction 
and allowing you to get away with bad things as opposed to calling you to order. Because I, I, I was listening to a message yesterday and the, the, the preacher said something very profound. He said that every level you are, you must always have people that you listen to. Somebody must be talking to you. Somebody should be able to tell you this thing is not good. Middle management, senior management, junior management. No. Somebody should be able to tell you, no, 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 no. You don't talk to people like that. Yes, they're your team members. Yes, they're your subordinates and your subordinates. But you do not you do not deal with people like that. No, you can't be so prideful. You didn't achieve this project on your own. It was team efforts. It was collaboration. Acknowledge the others while you're sending the commendation email. Don't take all the glory on yourself. No, no, no. This thing you're doing is not good. May God never give you people that will be cheering you on to, to your own destruction. Because this is what this ill-witted company did to, to him. And, and I pray that God will keep guiding us and give us a spirit of discernment and excellence in everything we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. And also, may God allow us not to be the ill-witted company that is setting leg for other people as traps to fall. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, people. And I hope to, to to speak to you again next week. I hope this has been blessing you. Please share feedback. Please like. Please forward. Thank you. Bye.